Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast. My name is Tannis Gale, and I'm joined by my co-host once again, John Brummer. John, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing actually really fantastic, and I'm really excited to talk about today's record. But uh, before we get into that, uh, John, what have you been listening to this week? This week, I have been listening to a couple of different things. I have been listening to uh, what might be my new like favorite podcast to go to that I discovered accidentally uh, due to a Facebook ad. It's called uh, Why I Hate This Album. And uh, I just wanted to give them a shout out because I've been really enjoying this podcast. Kind of what we would be perfect at if we weren't also so good at talking about albums that we really like. <laughs> Where it sounds a lot like maybe what the title says it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, it caught my eye because uh, the the first thing that it had on there was uh, some forty ones uh, first album, All Killer No Filler, and I was like, "What is this?" I hope that they do some other albums that I'm not particularly fond of. Yeah, you say that, but I remember you were the one back in the day, like, "Oh man, no! Does this look infected?" Is really good. And uh, you got ditched out on by a girl, so you took me to go see the Sum 41. <laughs> yes, I, and uh, as I uh, discovered a couple of years ago when I tried to re-listen to that album, it does not hold up, and I was very wrong. It's okay. We we all have been. We all have been. We might get into some some musical arguments and talk about things we might think each other's were wrong about, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen today. No, not today. Um, actually, I had a chance to see Some 41 uh, a couple of weeks ago at Riot Fest, and uh, I was too drunk to even remember that they were there. <laughs> something something tells me uh, Derek Wibley was probably too drunk to remember he was there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, the other things that I have been listening to is uh, mostly stuff from the Growlers. Uh, I will be going to see them on Saturday and taking my kid with me. Excellent. That's awesome. Yes. Cool, cool. What about you? What have you been listening to this week? It's crazy. So I found this old box of stuff. You know, I'm just going through. I'm trying to get rid of shit I don't need anymore. And I found yes. this old scratched up but still perfectly working copy of um, Best of the Beast, Iron Maiden's Greatest Hits that I bought like in high school. It's like the one that I bought in high school. And yeah. I've been listening to the shit out of Iron Maiden. And in fact, on my <laughs> way home from work, I was blasting two minutes to midnight while eating a cheeseburger. And I tell you what, I have never felt like more of a badass in my entire life. And uh, also I've been listening to... Um, a little bit of Mouth of the Architect, uh, their Time and Withering EP, and um, mm. one other one. Oh, the Ties That Blind. Yeah, and uh, I've been listening mm. to that band because they're a band that is, uh, some would say derivative, I'd say more heavily influenced by uh, today's band Neurosis. Just listening to this album so many times this week got me in the mood for this really slow, churning, artsy metal, so... That's kind of what's been on my plate. Yeah. Iron Maiden and Doom. But all right, man. So are you ready to get into today's album, Neurosis, A Sun That Never Sets? I am, sir. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, in researching, I'll, I'll get it started here, because researching today's album, 
looking up the release date. I remember I bought this not too long after it came out. It's kind of funny because the release date of this album was my 17th birthday, August mm. 7th, 2001. I bought it in October that year. I was on a um, business class trip, one of my classes senior year, and I bought it at the mall we were hanging out at. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you want to know why I bought it? And this is totally 100% true. I wanted to get what? it before any of you guys had a chance to hear it, so I could go to my older friends and be like, "Oh, you guys got the new Neurosis?" No, <laughs> I I do, I do. I have had, it's really good. You should you should check it out. Maybe get with it. That's uh that's a good reason to get it. And uh, I, uh... real quick, real quick, also on the subject of this coming out on my birthday, it made me realize that I've had really good luck with Neurosis on my birthday, because literally yeah. ten years later on my twenty seventh birthday. Here in Bremerton at a venue, at my friend's venue, the Charleston, uh, the band Jesus Fucking Christ was playing, and that's a band uh, that Dave Edwardson, bassist of Neurosis, it's his side project. They're a really awesome oh. crust punk band. Yeah, it nice. was my birthday, and I went down there and just had a couple of drinks with Dave from Neurosis, and we talked about Dio because literally a night or two before they were playing, um, they were opening up the Seattle date of the Heaven and Hell tour which was the Dio-fronted uh, Black Sabbath lineup. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It was the last tour Dio did before he died, and we obviously didn't know he was going to die. Um, he wasn't really public about his battle with cancer, Dio. Yeah. Yeah, Dave was really cool. Like, he, it was just so cool to hear this uh, guy that I super look up to, like a musical legend, uh, get all fanboy and talk about him just squealing over opening up for Dio Sabbath, you know? Like, something he just never yeah. thought would be a thing when he was a kid, you know? and Just really cool. So I just wanted to kind of share that. That is awesome. I don't think you've ever told me that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of amazing you'd never told me that before because I'd be all over that shit. <laughs> and it was really cool of uh, my roommate Greg. He actually just brought me uh, two Jesus Christ, or Jesus fucking Christ uh, vinyl records because he went to go see... Uh, oh, that is... The, uh, a show that was celebrating this dude, Larry, who's the guitar player and the other vocalist of Jesus Fucking Christ. He's from Bainbridge Island and really heavy in the punk scene, been around forever, been in tons of bands, super cool guy. So Greg was a sweetheart and picked those up for me as a late birthday present. So shout out to you, Mr. Rivers. Nice. So why don't you tell me how you got into Neurosis? Uh, I got into Neurosis... I mean, I had heard some of their stuff. Uh, Phil had shown me um some stuff on through silver and blood and while i thought it was okay it never really took hold for me it wasn't until i was at hot topic of all places and they had some sampler and i was looking through the bands on it and i was like oh there's a bunch of really good bands on here and one of the bands that they had was uh there was a track like an edited version um to make it shorter of a song off of times of grace and i can't remember what song that was i want to say it's probably underneath the, under the surface ah, because they had a music I... video for that song that took out that really uh extended kind of like um ambient part right before it super gets I... going here i can look really quick but yeah it had that on there i fell in love with that song then i wanted to hear the rest of times of grace so I think I probably I don't I think I borrowed it from Phil because the the funny thing about me owning Times of Grace and uh, the sun or sun that never sets is I never actually bought them. <laughs> I uh, 
You just kind of I think I never have... gave them back. I, I don't think I have. I might have Phil's <laughs> copy of Times and Grace, but I definitely have Zach's copy of A Song That Never Sucks. <laughs> He's going to hear this and be like, you fucker. That's where it went. <laughs> yeah. I always thought it was Tannis. Yeah. Uh, I think I snagged it at some point when we were moving. Yeah, so that's how I got into the band. That's the only thing I can ever thank Hot Topic for <laughs> is that that sampler that had, you know, that one song on it. Yeah, I got, um, I got a pretty sick Use Your Illusion 1 t-shirt from Hot Topic off a of clearance rack once, but it was like, pretty badass. Actually, speaking of the topic of Hot Topic, uh, recently I was in there. Uh, um, John? With, John? Is this, what? is this a new show? Hot Topics? It might be a new show. <laughs> hot Topics about Hot Topics. <laughs> <laughs> But we were in we were in Hot Topic, and I was looking through the clearance rack, and I saw uh, a shirt for three dollars, and I was like, "Oh my god, my kid needs this!" And I showed it to him, and I was like, "Should we get this?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Okay, I was gonna get it for you anyway because it was like two and a half bucks, but it was a um, it was a shirt that had Bob Odenkirk's face on it, and it's a Better Call Saul shirt, and it says." Uh, I can make it legal. And I thought that that was like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so w I got it for him. And apparently he's worn it to school and kids have been like, what can you make legal? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nobody gets it, but it's still a cool <laughs> shirt. What do you say we get into today's album, A Sun That Never Sets, John? Let's do it. Now this uh, album, like I said, came out on August 7th, 2001. It was produced by Mastermind Steve Albini, who's uh, produced albums by the Pixies. He produced Nirvana's In Utero. He was a member of both Big Black and Shellac. Guys, that guy's a goddamn genius, and I just love him. Have you, are you a fan of Steve Albini's work at all? Like, is it is it something you notice or get excited about when you he, hear that somebody has worked with him? He has a very distinct sound. I mean, I'm not one of the ones that just, like, follows anything and everything because it was produced by Steve Albini. I have definitely enjoyed most of the output. Oh, you forgot to say you forgot to say that he produced most of the Jesus Lizard albums. Oh yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well I could go on and I, on I with him, I feel like. I don't know. Yeah. Actually I, I have a lot to say about another album that he produced that I mean he, he kind of ripped himself off production wise uh a couple of times. But we'll get to that as we get through the uh, uh, the meat of this album, I guess. Yeah, I always noticed that like the drum sound in the Pixies' Bone Machine was always kind of... Or, um, God, what's the first song on In Utero? Oh, uh, Serve the Servants. Or no, okay, the second one. Uh, it starts with the drums. Shit. <laughs> Scentless Apprentice? I think that's the one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. The drum sounds in both Bone Machine and that song specifically, I always were just huge to me and it's kind of crazy how that same kind of sound carries over into neurosis well but... yeah i mean steve albini he's great at recording albums but there's that the 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 thing that i can always tell that the biggest tell for me that it's a steve albini album is the way that the drums sound he doesn't he never differentiates from that sound it's always that one sound and I'm okay with that. I don't know. I just love it. I oh, I'm fine with it. I, yeah. I, I think it's great. It's a great sound. It almost always gives the albums he produces this huge feel to it that 
others other producers would struggle to to even come close to obtaining yeah for sure for sure definitely an admirable dude chicago you did you yeah. did well with that one but um all right let's um, get or, i'm sorry did you want to say something before we go into a road no, i was just gonna say let's go into a road yeah the first track erode and uh just play a little bit of that right now Now, Road, I feel, is the perfect intro for this album. I remember throwing this on for the first time. I had one of those Discmen that had um, a clear top on it. I remember hanging out with my buddies in the business class in high school. We were in, like, Bellevue or something like that. I remember throwing this on and throwing my headphones on and just cranking it, and I was ready for just something crushing and heavy. And then this came out of Mm. my earphones, and I got to admit, I got a little worried for a second. (laughs) Well, here here's what I have to say about this. And that was song. just the first time I, I mean, listened to it. I just wanted to say that to share that experience because I was I still remember the first just being like, "Oh no, what did I just spend my $17 on?" cuz back in fucking high school, <laughs> buying a record at Sam Goody was a investment it felt like, you know? Yeah, exactly. I I I mean, that this is why the the CD stores started to fail when you're, you know, if it wasn't an album on sale, you're paying 20-25. Yeah absurd it was pretty ridiculous the the one thing i will say about the song is this contains the only problem the only major problem i have with the record it's an instrumental it's the shorter it's one of the shortest songs on the album and it doesn't segue into the next song it i don't think it it doesn't segue at all but i mean they could have done so much with it they you know even listening to the sovereign ep they had some really, you know, the way that prayer fades in and it has that that woman speak, the sample of the woman speaking, that was such a killer way to start the album. And while I, I dig the music that is, you know, on this track, I don't know why they didn't find a, a more intelligent way to go from this into the tide, especially since the tide starts very slow. I kind of almost felt like, this, I mean, and you're going to hear a couple of tropes. You're going to hear me compare album tracks and their ordering to movies. And you're going to hear me say things like table setting and um, mission statement as far as opening tracks go. I feel like this track is a mission statement and we're just kind of table setting with this. They're, well, they're, yeah, it's and, it's and, coming and, out and it definitely does sa- doesn't sound like anything they've done before. They've well, never and, just and gone full. It doesn't. It's not. There's guitar and there's bass, but none of it's crushing. It's droning yeah. and it's sad and it almost sounds like it's falling apart and melting. And and I agree with that. But like I said, the the fact that it just fades out at a certain point, I I feel like they might have had more song to this, but ran out of space to put it on a CD. Well, uh, they did have more song to this, and it happens yeah. later in this album. And, well, it's, and it serves as a perfect still, but we'll get to that i mean that 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 yeah. that i feel is perfection and it and it doesn't necessarily flow i don't know i i i i, I don't agree with you on this one all right cool hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um right away 
No, man, I, I just feel like this is perfect, and I wouldn't want this album to start any other way. I don't know how you would segue this into the tide. I, I, I think without just a fade and then the song be over. If they were going to fade it out, it should have, like, faded right into the next song. You know, like, it should have had a smoother fade, a smoother transition. Yeah, but I, I just feel like that would just be too predictable. Yeah, but it just sounds off to me. I, I, I guess I've listened to too I, many... I can see where it sounds many... off, but um, I kind of think of it as almost like the um, the credit sequence at the beginning of Natural Born Killers, where it's just that weird blue screen psychedelia happening, and it's just nonsensical, and it's really... I mean, that whole movie's nonsensical. We don't need to get into that. Yeah, but even that, it's still transition it's yeah it doesn't feel like oh this is part of the movie it just feels like here's left field this is what we're in for this time now we're gonna get to the real shit i i think i've listened to too many concept albums where things transitioned well with either a sample or you know something that that brought us you know completely into the next song Mm -hmm. and it just it to me it feels out of place to just fade this out a minute 49 into it um, especially when every other, uh, you know, running time for the songs is almost always over five minutes. It, you know, you can disagree with me, but I, I just feel like it was a weird way to transition from first song to second song. And that is, when it comes to criticisms of an album, that's probably the least that you'll ever hear from me. Yeah. Well, uh, Zach in chat was adding something interesting here. He was saying it flows a lot better on the DVD that was released as an almost video companion. It is a video companion to this entire album. And uh, he was saying the visuals really enhance that transition. He would compare it more to the opening of Mulholland Drive or like a James Bond cold open. Yeah. The James Bond cold open. I, 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 can, re I can really grab onto that. Big time, like yeah, it's just it's yeah. almost it almost has nothing ever to do with anything else that happens in the in the movies. So, I don't have anything else to say about this. Uh, do you want to go on to the tide? Yep, let's get into the tide. Track two from Neurosis's "A Sun That Never Sets." Here's the tide. Now, this song is a force of nature. John, do you want to start talking about this one first? The thing for me about this is, you know, how you were talking about uh, how a road was a mission statement where you're kind of like, things have changed. I mean, to me, compared to the chaos that was on Times of Grace, this is, for me, the real moment where I noticed that this was going to be a different album. Um, it's a beautiful song. It starts out calm and with, it, with it an really acoustic does, guitar with an acoustic guitar i don't had they used acoustic guitars up to this point i think really sparingly I mean, and alongside more going on yeah i mean it was all there was always because i'm not familiar with anything that they did before through silver and blood you're missing out what i said you're missing out enemy of the sun and souls oh. of zero Ooh, i love those yeah, anyway. I've, I've heard that they're great, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I guess I'm weird. <laughs> the, 
that was that was such a shock to me, you know, to go from times of grace into this. And I think it, you know, there was a lot of people that I, I tried to show this to that kind of got turned off by that. Um, I remember trying to talk to Braden Bailey a lot about this album, and he just was like, that's not my thing. I, I think that they missed out because, I mean, when they start out with this beautiful intro, it does go into a crushing, super heavy middle part that, I mean, can't can't be matched, can't be beat. Other people have tried. They don't even come close. You have the buildup with um, Scott Kelly kind of singing a lot more soulful and heartfelt than he has in the past with Neurosis. There's that uh, there's that violin being played by Chris Forrest of Amber Asylum, uh, a neuro recording band at the time. They might still be. I, mm-hmm. I have not really followed them. Burns to a little more aggression as you hear some distortion coming into the guitars and the drums are pounding the same beat, but a little more rigid and heavy. And then there's just that demon squelch of electronics that just slams into this landslide of a riff that is just the... No, I mean, that's the sample we just heard. Um, John can't hear what I'm playing on this side of things, folks. But, I mean, that's what we... That was the sample that we heard. And that riff, it just... It makes you want to punch the earth all the way to the core. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that I've noticed over the years of listening to this album, I think our old dear friend, Corey, he, he would criticize them for having like a very spiritual side to them and uh you know having somewhat religious lyrics but i think that it worked in the in the in the way that the music felt you know but the way that the words were written and the way that they were phrased it felt like these lyrics could have been tacked on to the end of uh the psalms books in the in the bible yeah they really uh, do a good job all the themes of nature and uh the spirit and personal will that weave throughout this album it's, it's I, really something else, and you can't deny the pagan influence, so I can kind of see what he's talking about there, but re- religious? I don't know. That's that's ridiculous. I've always thought that a good title for this album would have been Neurosis Sings the Hymns and Psalms of the Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, you're saying that, but I find this album to be very uplifting in a lot of ways. And this album is a beacon of hope for me. As as crazy as that may sound to some people, with a band like this that sounds as dark and full of doom as they do, they this album has brought me so much inner strength, and this almost feel like it's taught me so much about being a good man than you get out of most other things. Well, I I will say this too: this album means a lot. As dark as the, the 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 songs are, it is very uplifting. It, it's almost like a cleansing. It, it's almost shocking in the way that they are kind of connected into some kind of spiritual world. And they just kind of started um, as some punk metal dudes from California. Well, exactly. The fact that and, the, the same group of people can work for so long together to create something like they have with this band. That's something else, man. This band's going on, been going on for like 32 years now. That is pretty crazy. But um, really one more, I mean, we're getting kind of off track with talking about the musicality of the Tide, and I just wanted to note one thing before we uh, get get uh, any more into what we were talking about, is um, the end of the Tide is amazing. It has that super, like I referred to it as a landslide of a riff, that has a great little melodic bridge that's still just heavy as hell, and uh, the way the song ends, 
when it just hits full on sludge mode. I really always loved how when it's right when it starts to fade out, the key changes and the tempo mm-hmm. just gets a little slower. Like yeah, the band is fading out with the volume, slower. which is fucking, that is just some of the things they do with the audio on this album. I mean, we're going to get yeah, that for I, sure, but that, oh, I can't is, wait to talk about. The last one. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some things I have to say that I've oh, yeah. even forgotten about where <laughs> I actually thought that my speakers were oh yeah we'll get to it yeah, we're, we'll get to it we'll get to it we'll get to it we're talking right. about the same thing but, um... moving on to from the hill All right, From the Hill is, this is, I don't know, this is just perfect in following the tide. It starts off a little slow at first, and you almost think you're in for another song where it's like, all right, here we go. Here's the big, long, arty intro, and then we'll finally get to the meat. And uh, no, like, it kind of tricks you, right? The drums build up right away, then it just, oh, drum, bass, vocals. We're going calm again here, and then just pow, right to the kisser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the doom, with the grand and regal just guitar riffage. I mean, oh, the riff in this song is just, this is what kings need to listen to at their funeral. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I, again, to, to go back to the religious imagery that I feel is very prevalent on this album, I, I can see a man standing at the top of the, you know, from the top of a mountain, screaming at the skies, you know, Screaming in pain, screaming in triumph, screaming, you know, it, it just feels like someone up there screaming. It's, its yeah, and I love the uh, the imagery talking about ingesting animal-rich blood earth, and all the gods yeah. are screaming. And, and it feels, I mean, this, this feels also like what the apocalypse would probably be like. Yeah, especially in the end, when you get to that really weird bridge that, uh, yeah. it's that really playful bagpipes sound almost yes like, it's it's weird how they they almost sound fun but not goofy it's, it's and and then the rift switches I, I, to that for the rest of the song almost like and it's like this playful almost positive experience coming out of from the hill like whatever exactly. whatever you whatever you faced up there you conquered you're on your way back down i also have to say that this is probably one of the only songs that i feel acceptable to have bagpipes in it um, and <laughs> well, it's not real bag. Someone... It's the synth bagpipes. I don't think. Well, it... yeah, but it, it it still is a better use of bagpipes than that asshole Jonathan Davis ever did. And someone should tell him to knock it the fuck off. <laughs> oh come on, man! He saw what Weird Al was doing, and he's like, "I also must play an obnoxious instrument." <laughs> yeah. Except for yes, singing, but you know, <laughs> except for singing funny songs. Weird I'm just singing, I'm be- getting beat up in high school. That's <laughs> until I'm eighty <laughs> three. <Yeah. 83. laughs> <laughs> Christ. This also has my favorite outro of the whole album. Really? Your favorite? Uh well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's close. Okay. It, it's it's almost on par with what I know we're going to you're gonna bully me into saying is my favorite. I will literally uh I have notes for all the other songs. I will 
literally go ahead of the script here and say for that song, it just says, best song ever? Yeah. <laughs> Do you I have anything else that, to say about From the Hill? I was just going to say that the end is probably, the I think, the closest that they came to, to creating the same kind of chaos that they had on Times of Grace. You think so, huh? A little bit, yeah. I I mean, the rest of it is, it's not subdued, but it's not as, I don't know, it, it had, it just reminded me of Times of Grace the most out of anything else on the album. Yeah, you know what, I, I see where you're, uh, yeah, I, I see, I, you know, phrasing it that way, I see what you're saying. It reminds me of like End of the Harvest or something. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. All right, man, are you ready to get in to the next song? The title track, A Sun That Never Sets? Yes. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite Neurosis songs of all time. This song means so much to me for so many reasons, and I've, inter I've interpreted it so many different ways to help me get through different situations, and I just, yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's my, it's tied for first as my favorite song on the album, for sure. It's tied, I can't, oh, really? I can't choose, honestly, because this song means more to me than the other, but the other is, you will get to it, but. Yeah, I, I this song. If you if I had to make a mix of desert island songs that I had to listen to forever, this would be on there, hands down for sure, for sure. 100%. Well, the thing that I I find funny about that is is that this is pretty much the closest that this album will ever get to having like a single. You know, is it's the shortest you know like non instrumental song on the album. It it actually has more, you know. It it doesn't delve into too many artsy parts. It it doesn't set itself apart from, you know. It, I could have seen this played on the radio. I feel you. Um, and this was actually the first song that I ever heard on this album, and I, I mean, I fell in love with it. I think this was actually one of the songs that I tried showing everybody, and they're just like, "Oh, this music's too slow." Yeah, <laughs> this is boring. I don't like it. Yeah, especially when I was showing Braden and Mark this stuff, and they're just like, "This isn't. Th there's no blast beats in this. This isn't good." This, this guitar isn't complicated. They, they 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 play this just with like one hand. They don't have three to play yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, too bad nobody else knows who Braden is. Oh man, if you hear this, dude, I'm so sorry. We're, we don't. We're not trying to hate on you. We were young. We were all young and stupid. It's more. <laughs> Come on. Well, what we were uh, like in yeah, our is... we were in our like what were you? I was nineteen, eighteen. I was eighteen. 19, yeah. I mean, come on. He yeah, was, like, we were 20... all late teens, twenties, early twenties. But I will. We say all thought that... we were smart. Yeah. First song you were showing to people, they didn't dig it. You loved it right away, huh? Oh yeah, I I, I absolutely loved this right away. Yeah. Does this does this song have any deeper meaning for you? Is this does this have any similar resonance to you like it does for me? I don't think so. I mean, this is one of the only songs that I know, like, the words all the way through. But I don't think I've ever really ever combed through the, you know, these albums the way, the same way that you did. I just put them on and 
banged my head, you know? I, I've never been a huge lyrics guy, even though, I mean, I hate it when the lyrics are bad. <laughs> yeah, but... no, I'm the same way. Like, I, it's often people are like, oh, that song. And I'm just like, really? I didn't ever, oh, I just like how heavy it is or something. Like, Converge lyrics? Yeah, I, exactly. I don't, I don't know Converge lyrics. I know, I know. Like, but well, and, and beyond the, that, you know, whenever someone says to the me, chanty parts, you yeah. can't understand what they're saying. You can't understand what I'm like. Well, first of all, you were just telling me that Nickelback is your favorite album, so you don't get to talk about anything musical. Second of all, I don't need to know what the guy's saying in order to understand that he's angry. Yeah, but, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's more of it's I like I don't know, and and this is fucking pretentious in itself but i just i can't i'm I'm a simpleton i don't i don't know how to use them big words to describe the good things i like so much <laughs> no but uh i also yeah. I, I was i was talking to candy like uh my, my lady about music and she's like the coolest she's not really into heavy music at all but i've seen converge with her twice she's seen neurosis with me the last time they were in town with converge and she's seen uh-huh. she's seen fucking boris with me She's awesome. Nice. And, and um, Boris is a pretty steep hill to climb for somebody who's not into heavy music, you know? Very feedbacky, yeah. very artsy. But I was, I described it to her like this. Like, I, dude, they're singing in Japanese in the first place. So, no, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. I can't yeah. really understand them most of the time because the guitars and drums are always produced way over the vocals. So, they're kind of quiet in the first place. But it's like a painting for yeah. me. Like, this music makes me feel a certain way. Some songs make me feel badass. Some songs make me uh, long for times lost. Some t- some songs uh, help me stay sad when I'm feeling sad and want to be that way, you know? Or Some, well, song- some songs, like, we- it's like, let me put this in because I'm about to go drinking with my friends and I need to get pumped. So I'll throw in fucking Boris's Pink and then just, woohoo! And I'll stop it before it gets uh, to Farewell or something like that or Blackout. So I don't get all bummed out and yeah, I, I think that's kind of why we've always had the same connection to music is because that's that it's always done that for us. You know, I think our group of friends, we always had that same kind of feeling on on how we dig music and how you know why we dug the music we did. Which I think um, is why none of us were like cannibal corpse fanatics when we were younger. Because none of us yeah. were like, oh, dude, these lyrics, he's like chopping up a spine and like eating, eating an intestine while he's putting a liver in his butt or like whatever the fuck Cannibal Corpse sings about. <laughs> and we would well, hear, also, we would hear Cannibal Corpse and it's like, well, this is pretty boring death metal. What else is there? Oh, here's Cephalic yeah. Carnage. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that Cannibal Corpse was pretty repetitive. I mean, I've heard some newer stuff that's kind of interesting, but I think a big part of that was Chris Barnes was fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, man. The, the other th- Can we start a Chris Barnes cast? Say, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but just talk about how I don't understand why Six Feet Under keeps making music, because it sounds like shit. Well, nowadays they more make other people's music. Here's another graveyard yeah, I, classics for you. Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak. Somewhere every in time the I, I, I listen to uh, the corridor of covers on Liquid Metal on on Sirius XM, there's at least two or three Six Feet Under covers that I wish I had never heard, and they're just terrible, terribly produced. But 
before we get too much into how much six feet under sucks, we're, we're talking about my favorite, one of my favorite songs of all time. <laughs> we got so far <laughs> off track. We're making fun of Chris Barnes. Uh, I uh, reason I number three. I was that... happy I cut off my dreadlocks all those years ago. Do you like six yeah. feet under? No, leave me alone. And I don't know where the weeds at. God, go away, Navy guy. You're a cop. I actually tried to get my dad to listen to this album when we went on our big California trip when I was 20. I think I ended up turning it off after Falling Unknown because I thought he would dig it because, you know, it has that that kind of Sabbath vibe to it. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, he didn't so much like it. That's uh, weird. Because so... you know who liked this album when we're speaking of parents? Who? My, my mom. I, when I bought this, I, we were driving to somewhere in between like Mount Vernon to a Carver or something. And I was just like, here, you should listen to this. Like, I want to show you what I've been listening to. And like, I think this, you might like this more than my other stuff. And she actually dug it. Like the heavier parts weren't her thing, but I mean, this album is just, I'm not the first to come up with this term, but it's very Americana or, or, oh, yeah. or, or use that. Oh, sorry. Come up with that term. Use that term to describe this album. <laughs> But it's like it has a very Americana vibe to it, and especially this song. This kind of almost sounds like a song that if, if you were a booker, you could trick Bruce Springsteen into booking Neurosis to opening for him for a tour if you showed him a sun that never sets. <laughs> like, hey, check out this track. Like, oh man, these guys well, please bring them on. Oh, I don't think my crowd's gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine Bruce Springsteen coming out. One, two, three, four, do, do. <laughs> Let's go to the next song because I mean, if we talk about this song as much as we talked about the last song, we'll probably be as long as this album. <laughs> this song is a long song, the longest one on the album at 13 minutes, but it's a creeper. Here is a little bit of falling. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna play a little bit of the end so those who aren't as keen can understand what we're gonna talk about when it comes to part of this song. unknown this song just i love the way it starts it starts with a vibe kind of almost uh reminiscent of from the hill just two songs previous just with (laughs) some of the best cowboy poetry you've ever heard (laughs) well again you know wind at your back in the light this sounded like like a cowboy reading bible verses to me you know (laughs) <laughs> and and you know obviously I'm not saying that you know that this is a Christian band or anything, but it just has you know they. Yeah, it's better to use the it's spiritual. better to use the term spiritual for sure. Like there's no yeah. religion that's being referenced here specifically for the most part. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely very spiritual. But you know, like I, when I, I I guess I keep saying the Bible because you know that's the best way to describe some sort of spiritual text. You know, it's not like I'm gonna. I don't know too many others, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you I, could, I could, you could almost be like, and Christ said unto his disciples, thou shalt lie in wait 
I will lie awake, falling through a world unknown. Amen. Yes, it, see, it does have that feel. <laughs> I, sure. I'm not off my rocker. No, off. no, no, not at all, not at all. I, I totally get what you mean. It's very poetic without being corny or this band just as deep as they are and with the things that they attempt with their lyrics and their music. Lesser bands would miss the mark so often, but they don't. Like, oh, extremely. And the one thing that I appreciated about this album, especially coming off of like, you know, what we were listening to the at the time, like Dillinger Escape Plan, even Converge, you know, the, a lot of them were writing lyrics that didn't necessarily make sense, but used a lot of big words and kind of came off as pretty pretentious. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Like Poison the Well. These, yeah, where, you know, it was like, the, these guys, you know, Neurosis was so very straightforward in the words that they were saying. You know, they weren't like straight up, you know, like, I went to the store and I bought me some s'mores. You know, they weren't like straight rhyming. Schemes. It's not like some like, I doubt the consultation of your perception of me will ever beat this foundation of, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There wasn't, it wasn't just like, I've got a thesaurus and I'm just going to pick and choose, you know. <laughs> So I, I always kind of enjoyed the simplicity in that way, but also very poetic. The, the, the thing about Neurosis' music has always been that even though it's somewhat, it's not technically riff heavy, you know, it's not technical, but it's amazing and beautiful in a way that other bands could not ever match. Absolutely. It's almost a forceful ambience. Ambience. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't think that... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I lost my train of thought on that one. Oh, that's okay. Well, for the <laughs> lyrics, I wanted to say these, this is one of the, the most motivational metal songs I can recall. Like, it's just some of its imagery where it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Don't be a pussy. I mean, without trying to be so tough. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad way of saying it. But well, I mean, just. I, mean, I get what you mean, though. The fields it, it they is, are, the fields kinda, they are burning. Know, like, where, will you answer the call? You know, like, well, yeah, are like, you going to stand up and fight? Yeah, these lyrics, like, these fields, they are burning. The smoke chokes your breath. Will you stand or run? You dream of a mountain? The peaks rise to the sky. Will you answer its call? Yeah. And, and it, the whole refrain of lie in wait, I will lie awake, falling through a world unknown, is just being like, yeah, I don't know what the future has, but I ain't, I ain't sleeping on this. I'll just, I'll wait for the future. It'll, yeah, I'm coming to it. Like, it just, it's almost like surrendering, trying to control the outcome of things. I realized while I was listening to this a bunch of times this week, I had completely mistaken what they were saying when they say, you know, falling through a world unknown. And I can't remember what I thought it was originally. I think it was like, but yeah, it was, <laughs> there was kind of like this awakening moment where I was like, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's going to make me look really stupid. <laughs> well, good thing you can't remember what you thought it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, you don't it look as probably... dumb. hey. hey, hey. Yay! <laughs> I, I try to cherish the moments where I don't make myself look so dumb. Cherish? Great Madonna song. Uh, I don't know why I said that. I'm so sorry. Audience, John, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. Fucking Thank sorry. you for taking the heat off of me. Yeah, no, no. I just removed all that. What were you feeling dumb about? It doesn't matter. I made the stupidest reference It doesn't in the world. matter. Yeah, and um, another silly note that I wanted to say that like, I kind of realized uh, re-listening to this song and I was trying to come up with a, what is that called when you like, you know, when you're singing the same thing over and over again, but people are singing quite, 
partly off and in different parts, but you're doing it over oh, and over. Oh, it's, it's a round. It's a round. And then I realized, yes, yeah. this ending round sounds like a really grim version of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah, yeah. It it's does kind of remind awesome. me of fifth grade when, you know, the, the choir or the music teacher was trying to teach us how to sing in a round. And, uh, yeah. Can you imagine how but badass it would be for a teacher to teach a bunch of grade school kids <laughs> sing arounds with this song? Oh, that would be awesome. All right, Jimmy. Jimmy from the throat now. <laughs> Unknown. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have you guys have to I, I don't care if your voices haven't dropped yet. Get lower. Get <laughs> lower. <laughs> or you're going to be falling through a world of the principal's office. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't make me call your mother again. Oh, Jesus. All right. Um, so uh, I think that's all we have to say about falling unknown. Anything else to add? No, rad ending. That's cool. that's about it. Cool, cool, cool. Well, um, let's move on to the next song. This is an awesome little number called From Where Its Roots Run. Now, I remember when I first heard this track, you know, what, what, um, on my initial listening of this album, and you know what my first thought was? What? Oh, this is what Sepultura wishes they were doing on Roots. Oh, okay. I was literally going to say something just pretty much similar to that. <laughs> like, you know how I feel about a lot of the tribal music that came out in, around this time. Yeah. I'm not in favor of it. To be fair, when I this this song has kind of been a love hate thing for me, just because of the fact that I'm not super into the tribal thing, I would skip it on initial listens, but eventually it came around for me, and I do like it, even though it does have another thing that I hate in metal. And I was actually just uh, complaining about this to someone I was driving with when uh, uh, this song by a new band called Alien Rep Weaponry came on. And I was bitching about the fact that, you know, they they made weird noises in place of, like, you know, actually music. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing I hated about Disturbs, Down With The Sickness. And it's the same thing I hated about uh, Jonathan Davis doing his scatting. But this is the best version of metal bands trying to, to be tribal for me. And I... Do you, I do agree that you realize those aren't made up words is, that he's saying, right? Uh, I'm sure it's a, it's a different language, right? It's um, he's saying a bunch of Norse runes. Yeah, I didn't mean that they were. They just sound made up to me. Oh no, I know what you mean. I'm, you not, know, I'm not. I'm not trying yeah. to shame you or make you feel dumb. I just want to be like, oh, you, know, you never looked that up. You're I mean, never. You're never curious I, enough to look that up. I'm surprised. It's just one of those things. Like, what the after, fuck were they saying? I figured after you might we're reason. done here, I'm gonna call you and I'm gonna cry to you for an hour. And you deserve it. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I never looked it up. I think someone had told me that it was like a Norse chant or something somewhere along the way. And I was just like, okay, that's cool. I, I, I don't know why. I can't really explain it anything other than that. Uh, but Zach, I will Zach say... Zach is saying it's the yeah. Elder Futhark, duh. And I'm just like, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I know what that means Sorry. for sure. I do. This was the song that first reminded me how, you know, they fuck with our heads with the audio because at the end, the audio, and I had forgotten about this too, completely forgot about how the audio kind of shifts all to the right side and then goes like completely devoid of any kind of bass. And when I was listening to this, my speakers, I, I thought that my speakers were like, or that my device, uh, my uh, Bluetooth device had screwed up in my car. And I was like, oh crap, you know, now I got to figure out if it's my phone, if it's my speakers. And then the next song came in and oh, ah, yeah. What's really cool about this, and I know uh, I asked you to check it out, and uh, I know you did, but the song is a complete reimagining of the Sovereign track Prayer. Yes. Which is real. I just find really cool because this, from where its roots run, plays like a pagan prayer or something you would imagine being happening around a fire with a sacrifice or something. Zach is saying that translated, it means... I know that I hung on a windy tree nine long nights, wounded with a spear, dedicated to Odin, myself to myself, on that tree of which no man knows from where its roots run. Oh, that's where they got huh. the name. They got the name from the poem. I see. They, they lifted the title from. I misunderstood what he was typing there. My bad. Thank you, Zach. I that's see. a really cool piece of trivia. That makes sense, because in a lot of uh, press photos that you might see, Steve Until is often seen wearing like a little uh, Odin's hammer. Yeah, do you have anything else to say from where its roots run? Oh, real quick, I also want to say that this song, when I first heard it, reminded me of the Melvins. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. I never made that connection myself, but yeah, I can totally agree with that. All right, let's get moving on to the next track and uh, hear a little bit of Crawl Back In. Um, why don't you get us started with this song? I will have to say that that intro, um, one, one of the things about this band, I really, around the, this time that I was listening to this a lot, really wanted to start a sludge, doom kind of band. And I wanted to get, you know, just like a five-piece kit, you know, just one tom, floor tom, snare, and then have five 20-inch cymbals around me. No lie has. I just wanted to fucking whale and that intro to crawl back in is one of the things that completely inspired me to have this idea that i was never able to make come true you, you know john um i'm having a i don't know why i'm drawing a blank on what you're talking about so i'm gonna play a little sample of the beginning of crawl back in real quick i thought you just did i started it part way through the song oh oh yes this that's right yeah 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 no that's yeah, that's a great start to the song. And um, have you ever did you ever get into Swans much? I did not. Uh, I know that there's people who would scream at me for not getting into Swan. This is something else you're gonna yell at me about. I never got into the whole Jarbo neurosis thing either. That's you know, I'm not gonna get after you about that. That album's a little bit of a. It's besides the first two, which sorry, punk metal fans, I don't like Word Is Law or Pain of Mind that much. I don't think they're that good. I just maybe I, they deserve another re-listen, but I just don't care about those two. But the Neurosis and Jarbo album is probably my least favorite. It's good. It was I, a great experiment. I want them to do a follow-up and fix some of the inconsistencies on that album. It just wasn't 
there's some songs on there that are really really great like um within's a great song then the second one his last words has that really chanty really heavy crushing part is kind of the chorus uh-huh. of it and then the well, uh, the song erase is fucking amazing i love that song the reason why i went back and listened to it and it was like it was right after i heard uh uh cult of luna with julie christmas on uh Ooh! yeah <laughs> i went back Cult of Luna is obviously they they should be called Cult of Neurosis because they they pretty much pray at the altar of Neurosis. It was obvious that they you know they had the idea for you know having Julie Christmas sing with you know sing a big part of that album because of the Neurosis Jarbo thing. And I mean I I, I know it seems I, that way, but I well, think I, have to the, say the, that I think the Neurosis Jarbo Luna, thing was more of a hey we I like. I think Cult of Luna and Julie Christmas with her band Made Out of Babies and her solo project, I think they played a bunch of shows alongside together and were actually kind of friends before they did it. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It, it's po- it just seems very similar. But I will say that Cult of Luna with Julie Christmas completely, like, destroys... It, I think even if I had loved uh, Jarbo and Neuros- the Jarbo and Neurosis album... Uh, that I probably wouldn't have liked it so much after hearing what Cult of Luna did with Julie Christmas because what they did was completely untouchable. What they did it's was what amazing. Neurosis should have done, but did. That album is uh, just Mariner is so amazing. And uh, yeah, Mariner is it's it's a one hundred percent fantastic album. I I get I mean I get actually pissed off. When I hear people around here and they start talking about, well, I gotta, I gotta get into in this moment because I gotta support a, a female chick singer in metal, man. And I'm like, then listen to Cult of Luna with Julie Christmas. Shut the fuck up. Stop listening to bad music and crawl back into the hole that you came from. And and yeah, there's tons of other shit to go check out. Like, oh man, like I wouldn't mind doing a fucking show just dedicated to a bunch of albums where it's women in metal because there's a bunch of good shit out there oh that that would be great i'd be totally for that i i wish that some of the people around here would listen to it so i could hear them <laughs> you know I, I didn't have to listen to them talk about Ian brink or whatever the fuck is and how awesome she is because she stands there and sings while she has dancers dance around her and i'm like uh that sounds like, a- like what katie is it like an American baby metal thing or what? Uh, no, it's more like it's more like if Lady Gaga was as metal as Lady Gaga thinks she is. <laughs> hey, you'd be nice to the what? queen. You'd be nice. <laughs> you'd be nice. All right. Yeah, you don't she realize a... it, but I have a Lady Gaga poster literally right behind me. You have a what? I have, I have a Lady Gaga poster literally right behind me that I can point to on camera. Oh. Yeah, yeah I don't know if we can do this anymore. <laughs> Uh, you know, I love pop. Blame it on Zach. Yeah. Got me into Kylie Minogue, and that was the end. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, um, do we have anything to actually say about Crawl Back In? <laughs> hold on, real... Yeah, uh, so real quick, I want to say we were talking about Julie Christmas, and um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get better at uh, making sure we watch the chat room. Zach's been really great about keeping us uh, with something to talk about here, and um, he said he may have cried at that show in Vegas. The Julie Christmas and Cult of Luna show that we saw. Well, I believe it because Zach's a big fat pussy. And uh, what did you think? Oh, God. John! I'm sorry. I did not mean to say that. Why? Why? Why do you say that about him? 
He's a sensitive man. Because he was high and he, drunk in his a... defense, he says. That's what... uh... Oh, the chat room's the best. Thank you, Zach, for being in chat. And anybody else listening, please join us on Mixer. Um, right now it's on the Swamp Lord underscore DG channel, but we'll soon have our own channel. And uh, real quick, what did you think was the Heath, Leather, Heath, Heath Ledger Joker there, Zach? He typed something nonsensical that I want to figure out. And, um, oh, that Gaga poster. He thought my Lady Gaga poster was Heath Ledger Joker. Nope, I'm cooler uh, than that. All right. I so, would have uh, had more respect for you if it was Heath Ledger as the Joker. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> Real quick, crawl back in. Um, I will say um, is my least favorite song on the record. Oh. I almost hmm. feel like, even though I love this record more than most, this record could do without crawl back in, and it'd be just fine. You wouldn't miss a beat. Yeah. I um, I agree. Oh. Wow. I didn't expect that. I thought we were going to be in for a debate here, but I'm happy you agree with no, me. No, I, nice. I, I, I mean, I... I like it how it is. It, it was never one that really, like, when I was telling everyone, you got to listen to this one, I don't think I ever even mentioned the song. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it was The Tide, From the Hill, A Sun That Never Sets, Falling Unknown. Those ones got a lot of, like, traction from me when I was trying to show this to, to people. And uh, then Stones from the Sky. Yeah, and I'm not trying to just shit on this song i think it's a good song but i mean if there is one flaw i felt about the album is that it's even though god i really love long form music but you know this album could do with without one of the shorter tracks and i feel like if i was to shoot one down crawl back in would be it yeah um let's talk about Watchfire. fire let's hear a little bit of that right now Watchfire is a powerful song. Uh, this one, yeah. it's great. I mean, I, I, I find a hard time saying much about it besides that it's just, to me, it feels like the one beacon of hope on the album. I can agree with that. The one thing I was going to say, too, is is the with the long intro, um, I mean, it's a very slow burn to get to the meat of the song. It, it kind of reminded me of what they were doing on Sovereign, because when I was listening to Sovereign this week, I mean, that song is like five minutes of just, you know, abstract noise and whatever. And then I was about to, you know, just turn it off. And then it kicked in. And that's kind of how I feel about this song. Like, if, you know, it was just a casual listener, they may be tempted to turn it off at first, but they're going to miss just some real fucking rocking. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. I love the 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 lyrics here. Um, a watch fire brings strength. Breathe in the heat in the eternal path, armored against life. Bring her. It is time. So great. It's just yes. Ah oh, man, I don't know. It's just so full of hope, and it's so weird to say that about a band like Neurosis because on the surface, 
it just sounds oh this is some dark moody metal or you know and you dig in deep and you you get to where these roots run <laughs> and uh you really yeah. you get you get a lot out of this music and it surprises you constantly and that is the one of the most fulfilling things about that I found about being a fan about this band is that they've always surprised me whether it be like lyrically music sonically uh production wise going back to old tricks they hadn't used in over a decade like there's this band yeah. just has so much to offer and Watchfire is just a total just it stands out as one of the more special songs by Neurosis, in my opinion. We should probably move on to Resound. Yeah, that's fine. Now, Resound, uh, it's just a, a minute and 26 seconds long. And uh, this song we were talking about earlier when we were discussing the first track, Erode. This this song is almost Erode Part 2. And I feel like it's a resetting of the table that gets us ready for our... Oh, man, the last song. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about it, John. This works for me a little bit better than Erode did. Because this feels like, you know, you're... This is the the sounding of the seventh trumpet. This is the banging of the bell. This is, you know, letting you know that something big is coming. You know, this is Paul Revere riding through the town saying the British are coming. You know, whatever, whatever however you want to put it. Zach this puts it as, a, real quick in chat, Zach puts it as, uh, it's the music before the final battle. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't just fade out. It kind of has a dead stop and then you get the bells yeah, we'll get into those bells then in a second, could... but uh, real quick on the bell sample specifically on uh, Resound, Noah Landis's sampling and looping of that bell is just so perfectly imperfect. Because one of my criticisms about early Neurosis was the the samples sounding really tacked on and out of place, especially in regards to movie quotes or analog or digital sounds that didn't necessarily need to be. I mean, in on Times of Grace, they almost left sampling entirely alone that barely has any sampling yeah. it has very minimal keyboards it's just anything that noah landis is doing on that album is a lot more atmospheric he has a lot of more upfront moments on a sun that never sets and he really gets to shine here with just some of the weird sounds happening and resound and the way that bell just through its second chime the sample cuts off and it starts again it just sounds so mm. perfectly inhuman like Quasimodo's yeah. broken, something's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally get what you're saying on that. It does. It, it feels off in a way that is still. It's not like oh, they they just don't know what they're doing. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna not have much to say because I'm just too excited. But um, let's move on <laughs> to the last track of a sun that never sets. Um, let's hear a little bit of stones from the sky. Oh, 
those stones from this guy. Yeah. What a mammoth monolith of a song. But in regards to this entire album, it ends it perfectly. I can't really oh, yeah. think it... off the top of my head of a better song that closes an album. It's I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there's very there's very few that I, I don't know. I was going to say, I mean, this is one of the best endings to an album I've ever heard. I almost feel like Roger um, Waters would be like, oh, well, fuck, I was never able to do quite that. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're talking, th- there's brain damage and eclipse. There you go. That, okay, that you is, know what? You're right. You're I right. Mean, no, I, I take it back. That, no, that, yep, that's yep. pretty much one of the most perfect album or endings to an album ever. To be fair, this Stones from the Sky wouldn't exist without the you know ending songs like the last part of Shine on You Crazy Diamond, Echoes, or if you want me to to, to hand you your ass when you bring up Mr. Roger Water, I, I will. <laughs> I I'm fully prepared to do that. Almost I'm up for the almost challenge. Drop of a hat. Yeah, no, this this definitely goes in the top ten. Playing metal, you wouldn't expect this epic of an ender yeah without any shredding or i mean it's just well exactly it's driving it's moving forward the whole time and zach is has an honest criticism uh that clips can't do it justice like yeah you're right i couldn't figure out where i wanted to play the clip and it, it it's not enough i just want to i wanted to hear everything before and after well if- obviously whoever listens to this just you, you should stop listening to us go find a copy of the song this listen song. to it it is that good it's that good yeah, it really is. And um, the music video that goes along with it from the DVD that uh, while they were using a lot of visuals live, which they haven't used the last couple of times I saw them, it was perfect. That crow flying through all the power lines and just the strange juxtaposition of a man transforming kind of thrown in there. It's just, uh, I don't, this, al- this, this song in this album is just straight imagery for me. Oh, yeah. Like it paints such a strong picture in my head. It's a little different every time. Yeah, like seeing Neuro like I oh man, I'm having such a hard time talking. Seeing Neurosis close with this song multiple times, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had at a live show ever. Because the crazy part about seeing well, this live is they do the fucking weird audio manipulation live. They do that. The cutting out and you know, where it's just one guitar going for half a second and stuff. They do all yeah. that. And it's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen live. Like this band is phenomenal, and they do things that other bands were beyond afraid to do, I'm sure, and they've been so imitated, and rightfully so throughout the years, and usually to great effect. Anybody else that was starting to copy this song, they they put out, or copy this band, they put out Stones from the Sky, and it was just like, yeah, top that, motherfuckers. Yeah, I, I agree with all of The one thing that I did not enjoy was when I would show this song to people and they'd be like, I don't get it. It's too long. And I'm like, just listen. Just listen. You gotta listen. What is your what is your problem? Why aren't you listening? That'd be a fucking deal breaker for me if I ever tried getting into somebody into neurosis. And like, I'd be almost afraid to show them this because it'd be like, oh, you don't like this? We can't talk about art anymore. Like, you don't fucking get anything. Like, even my mom dug this. Like, what the fuck is your problem? (laughs) My mom doesn't listen to that. I was showing... I was showing Tim Abbott this. I remember him going, you know, because I was trying to get to the parts where it has the audio manipulation. And he's like, ah, dude, it's just, it's too long. And I'm like, okay, go listen to Brand New or whatever it is that you like. The the Especially the way that this ends with the audio manipulation. The first time I heard that, 
I thought that my, you know, I thought whoever CD it was that I had was was defective and was skipping. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I probably owe them a new CD. <laughs> and then you decided, now nah, just keep this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what, I I went back and I I listened and I think I brought it up to someone. And they're like, oh, that's how it's supposed to sound. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> It took. It was one of those things where I first heard it because I was I listened to it all that first day I bought it. You know, back in two thousand one, and I remember yeah. being super pissed, being like, "What the fuck, man? These fucking non-major labels putting defects in their CDs. Wait, what the hell's your problem? <laughs> Relapse? Jeez." And then I remember I listened to it again, Whoa. and the exact same thing happened. But then I noticed there was parts of the noise that kept playing through it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was intentional. Yeah, that's part of the song. Whoa. Holy shit." That that wasn't i mean that was eventually i maybe it wasn't that i uh talked to someone and they told me how it was supposed to be i think it was the fact that i realized there was still music going through those skips and stuff mm -hmm. then it occurred to me oh yeah that's how it's supposed to be yeah zach says it's the only track he has never skipped past on spotify and i would i would, I would assume that's in any situation whether it be listening to the trying to listen to the album as a whole or if it came up random on some artist radio or on a playlist I remember just that hearing when, when, what? <laughs> never skipped past this track when he was listening oh. to it. It comes on and it's like, oh, fuck, here we go. That's it's so great because it's been <laughs> he says if he's at work, he tells everybody to leave him the fuck alone for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. And I you mean... know what's great? And uh, I don't know. It's so great because I remember one of our bonding experiences as friends and as roommates in our first place as adults was uh coming into the house and just hearing <gasps> coming from Zach's room like oh fuck somebody just got home from a long shift like <laughs> <laughs> man stones from the sky an amazing song do you have anything else to say about it i don't right on that brings us to a close on this album i don't think i need to ask whether or not you would recommend this to anybody i think I can speak for the both of us and say that, fuck yeah, please go out and listen to this. Even if you're not a metal fan, if you're into, like, Bruce Springsteen, you should check this out. If you're into country music, you should check this out. If if you're oh, into, yeah. if you're I, into I, pop punk, you should check this out. <laughs> like, I would suggest it to anybody. anybody. Anybody that, you know, would listen to music. Especially if you want to sound smart around metal fans. Being a fan of this album will get you a lot of fucking street cred, bro. Just saying. Exactly. That metal street cred's important. Because you don't want Wait, somebody coming up saying... asking you questions about a patch on your vest, and then you don't know, remember who that band was. A friend just gave it to you. It's embarrassing moments. They've happened yeah, to me. Yeah, I'm guessing that this happened to you. Yeah, what was my favorite Napalm Death album? Uh, the one with Necessary <laughs> Evil on it, because that's the song I downloaded once. I just, I just know I look edgy. Shit. Yeah, well, I was gonna say. I mean, this is probably a good out, you know, a good album to listen to if you want to look smart. I mean, besides Disturbs Down with the Sickness, right? Oh, I mean, you know, they kind of wrote the book on atmosphere and poetry and music. So much. Well, yeah, I mean, Disturbed so much innovation. Is pretty much the best band. I've nobody, ever nobody, nobody really has mastered playing the the top two strings and drop D tuning quite like well, Disturbed have. No one has really gotten how to say moo ah 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 ah. Just the quite the same way that david draymond has oh man and that cover of sound of silence doesn't make me want oh, to slip man. my wrists at all exactly oh man it doesn't make well, me want to is jump there anything else that you want to say about this album <laughs> yeah um, not really no um 
All right. Uh, if there is nothing else, um, yeah, is real there quick. Anything else? I would like to uh, plug my mixer channel, Swamplord underscore DG. You can watch me streaming Player Unknown Battlegrounds, among other things. Uh, stop by and say hi. Give a follow. We don't have it set in stone yet because we're recording these albums before we have a or <laughs> recording these episodes before we have a social media presence. But please follow us on all the social media outlets. We'll be on. It's gonna be rad. All the big ones, the little icons that appear on your phone. You know those? That's where we'll be. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And from me and John, we want to wish you all a good night. Bye-bye. Goodbye.